welcome to stat. I'm telling you all medical true crime stories, and it gets bizarre. Karen Wickham, yeah, she used to work in the R, and now she's sharing the knowledge. So let's get involved. Hey, funny and scary at the same time. Medical mysteries, all facts. She ain't lying. <laughs> so tune in the stat if you dare, 'cause crazy things can happen anytime, anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Hello, 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 everybody out there in podcast land. You're listening to Stat, Shocking Traumas and Treatments. And I am your host, Karen Wickham, coming from beautiful Toronto, Ontario, Canada. And I'm really excited about today's episode because it is a Mother's Day special. And today, I have my wonderful son here with me today to discuss what it was like growing up with a nurse as a mother and more than that, growing up with an ER nurse as a mother. So, welcome, Van. Thank you. I uh, <laughs> <laughs> don't know what to say ever. At the, at the, You're so awkward. Uh, it's adorable. <laughs> thanks, Mom. Looking forward to it. Okay. Well, why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself so people can know a little bit about you. Um, well, I'm your son. I have been for 26 years now. And I also live in Toronto. Um, and I work in film. That's right. My artiste. The funny thing is that I came into this artistic venue late in life and didn't realize that I had some of the, the chops that Van has and what he does. So maybe you actually got it from me and we didn't realize it until I started doing this. So I didn't inspire you? You did inspire me, actually. <laughs> you really did. Because just what you do, I think, is magical. And you've always always stood by whatever the, I wanted to do. And when I, um, you know, put it out there and said I wanted to do this, you were just like, yeah, you can do this and help give me some direction. But moreover, you just gave me incredible support. So thank you. Thank you very much for that. Of course. So I guess getting to the meat and potatoes of this, let's talk about what it was like for you having a nurse as a mom. Growing up? Yeah, and what maybe you stood out for you over how you saw other parents, the kind of jobs they had? Well, it's, I, I mean, it's kind of unfair just because it's hard to, like, compare to other other parents because, like, I never knew what they were really doing. True. Um, but I just know, like, for me, everything was super clean. Hygiene was, like, drilled into my every day every second routine um it wasn't just like washing your hands it was like washing things and you know also to extended to like i don't know if this is related at all but the fridge like if something was like near expiry it wasn't good it had oh, to be yeah. um, <laughs> no, no one got food poisoning in my house <laughs> but um no no hugs when you came home for work because you were icky and had all the <laughs> hospital germs and stuff on you yeah but that was like super serious it was like that was like the rule you i felt like it was dangerous like <laughs> it was a separate load of laundry and yeah no the scrubs were like like I, I never wanted to go near them like you painted a very clear picture of gross bodily fluids and whatever else could have got onto it so poor kid but i i was so afraid that if you oh no that's the one thing that i wish all hospitals did was like you could just go pick up scrubs and they laundered them for you, but as you know, that's way too much money. But I had fear of what maybe I'd bring home. I no, mostly came home with, with my scrubs in a plastic bag, but I know there's times where I just threw them out. 
Yeah, no, I remember I remember being like, yeah, these just this is a throw out. Yeah. This was a kind of sh- that was the kind of shift it was. Yeah. <laughs> Garbage. Yeah, so I mean, I um I grew up with with that and with um some interesting dinner tales. Uh, and I think as I got older, <laughs> the um the detail of these uh work stories got uh more and more and uh okay well let's just let's just like put a a a disclaimer in here i didn't talk about gross bone sticking out and stuff i think it was more about bodily fluids Mm, no really yeah no over i tried not to do that i really as i got older the more that you just like obviously we're like okay he can handle it because we'd all talk about our days and stuff and uh yeah there was and a what lot was... that I kept, though. I mean, there's oh, a whole no. load of stuff that you guys never knew or never will know. But... Oh, no, of course. No, I know that. But still, for your, your everyday, the common for you was very uh, uncommon and disgusting for me. So, you know, we're sitting down and eating dinner, and you're saying it. Uh, I can't even remember. Just, like, things where I just would go, like, oh, ew, Mom, come yeah. on. And you're like, Sorry. <laughs> It got to a point where you definitely cared for a while, but as I was became a teenager, and I guess I was being gross just in my existence, you were like, "He can, <laughs> he can handle it." So you just you would you would say it, and you wouldn't you wouldn't really, which is good. I mean, you got to talk about it. So yeah, I, I just made it. It was you know you come home from a particularly bad shift, and the last thing you want to do is is talk about it, and the last thing you want to do is taint that happiness to be home happiness to see your family and sometimes you'd see stuff that was so bad you just want to go home and hug your family and realize how lucky you are and, and you don't want to talk about it but i think most of the gross stuff i told you was because i probably found it funny yeah <laughs> and like i said like what was common you know water cooler talk for you was you know i, I don't even think you were thinking about it half the time and then, you know. And you, well, and you're around your colleagues so much that it is just, you know, uh, just regular shop talk, shop talk for us. And, we, you know, you don't realize it's such an unusual do- job that you don't realize it until you, you're at a dinner party or that are not your colleagues. And you realize, I don't even know if I have a lot that I can add. Yeah. Um, because what, what can I what, what can I talk about that's appropriate? And I definitely don't know business and, yeah. <laughs> you know, the stocks and... Or any of that. I think now I realize and understand the frustrations as like a nurse in terms of like perception of your job versus what you actually do. Because, you know, I have a few like one of my friends is um, is a nurse and there's a bunch of kind of, you know, friends I have on Facebook, whatever. And I see like some of the stuff that they share. And it's very like it seems like a very inside thing because they what you guys see on the inside versus what we, you know, the public dealing with nurses are is like waiting times. And it's like, we got to wait. And so it's that whole like, you know, you hear people like, oh, you know, such and such thing doesn't get the respect it deserves. And it's always like something cliche where it's like, does it really? But I feel like I can say that I can say that about about nursing now, seeing just how much like, yeah, just becomes every day. You know, having, you know, do the many gross things that you have to do that are just, like, normalized for you. And, um, yeah, I mean, growing up, it, it was funny because the one thing I did notice that was different from other people is, is 
visiting you at work, whether it was like, you know, on the, you know, when you finish a shift or come drop off lunch or whatever, like more so when you move to switch hospitals, but that was your office. Yeah. <laughs> like the emerges your office and it's like calmly, you know, you being like, oh, hey, and like all nice and just like chaos going around off in the background and how <laughs> calm all the nurses are like, yeah, we got to do this. And like, you know, um, yeah, it was uh, definitely interesting. I mean, like, I don't really care. Like, hospitals don't bother me. Do you think that's because of your exposure to it? Oh, for sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. coming coming to, like, the Emerge and, like, walking around. And, I mean, I always was creeped out by, like, I don't know, just the uh, seeing people in hospital gowns and, like, seeing, like, the the rooms that are, like, not really rooms. It's just curtains that create and make a room. Like, I don't know, always... I always thought, like, the worst. You see, like, an old man, and you're like, oh, God, is he going to die? I don't know. Well, there's that vulnerability, right? Yeah. That, that the people that are there are their most vulnerable, and then there's that it could be anything. Yeah. And, like, when you're a kid, your imagination, you oh, know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, no, but for the most part, you know, and now I miss you working at a hospital, because I go to, I mean, I had to go to, um, what's the hospital that's by Ryerson on, uh, Oh, was that? St. Mike's? Yes, it's yeah. St. Mike's, yes. I had to go to St. Mike's. It just was, like, very much more foreign. I Even still, like, there's just a familiarity with... But that, whatever, that's, that's like, boring. Um, but the the thing I... I guess the benefit growing up is that there's no, like, hysterics. There was no hysterics over, like, the little things that I might get, up, get worried and upset by. Like, if I were to, like, cut myself by accidentally, like, with a you know maybe doing dishes or do whatever or you know stub my toe or whatever you know you would know right away like, okay this is what you're dealing with and stop whining so much um <laughs> your moms can be or come a, can come across as mean that way but it's just it's it's you deal with acute trauma fix up move on fix up move on and so and it was you, it wasn't meant to be callous but it was no. sort of like you're fine move on you can no. go back and play it's like, yeah no nonsense yeah. And it, I mean, it was the only time I ever was mad that you weren't taking something. I don't want to say seriously. Well, yeah, kind of seriously. Where you're just like, come on, like relax. It was when our old like Barley he bit my finger. Oh, we had yeah. friends over, and it ended up not being that bad. But I lost it, and I was freaking out. I was yelling, and just basically went like crazy over it. And you saw it, and you're like, you're fine. <laughs> and I well, hate—I was so mad at the time because I was like, oh, no, make a big deal of it too. But yeah. <laughs> I, I ended up being fine. And no. um, I, but then there's the times where you 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 can treat at home. Let, let's just put it this way: every emerge nurse, doctor, and even hospital people uh, has a, a nice little emergency kit at home <laughs> no yeah you know a first a, a first aid kit so there were things i could definitely deal with that i know if we had gone into the emergent i knew what to look for but the one time that i felt the absolute worst and i think this you could probably speak to every nurse who has a child and they've gone through this at least once we either go you're perfectly fine or we go you have a brain tumor so like we can like completely freak out on the littlest things, and and go and go there or, ov- not so much overlook but think hey we've got it handled at home, and this is when you were a teenager, and 
you know, you, you've had a history of a lot of sinus and throat infections, cough, you're like an asthmatic guy. And, you know, we were able to do a lot of treat with, treatment with you, but you were so sick. And I thought, oh, well, you know, you've, you've got some kind of bug. And then I'll never forget. Because <laughs> I was taking care of you. I was giving you Tylenol and Advil and juice. And, you know, we were, we were, I thought we were managing it. And then I came down in the morning and the poor guy is sitting on the couch, bent over his knees, drooling. His face was out like like the mumps and and he's like I can't swallow and I was like holy shit like one of the scariest things when someone has a throat infection is if it starts to close up they lose their airway and one of the first signs is drooling and tripoding tripoding is when you lean over forward your like your forearms on your knees and you're you're bent over to try to catch your breath and I, I flipped out then I was like not to you but in my head I'm like I gotta get this kid to the emergency and you did. You got in quick. Yeah. And the beauty is, like, the people that took care of you were people that I trusted. And, you know, you got you got in and out pretty quick. But you were on IV antibiotics for, what, like five days? Yeah, it sucked. I don't know. I felt so bad. I felt but like, like it I was, let it go it was so, But it was sudden because I, I had mono. And so, yeah. it, like, it made me, I guess, more susceptible to... To whatever I ended up getting, but yeah, it was brutal. What was it tonsillitis or something like that? Uh, peri, it was uh, bilateral peri peritonsillitis, um, peritonsillar abscess. So basically, both of his tonsils were inflamed so b- big they looked like they were two big gigantic apples pushing up against each other. So his airway was really restricted. And but within 24 hours of the antibiotics, high powered, boom, it started to come down. I think you started to feel better. I don't. I think I was, I, I remember being couch bound for a little while. Yeah, no, I had, you were sick. Because I also remember they gave me painkillers because it was so bad. Like, oh. it was so bad. Well, that kind of sore throat is incredibly painful. And I lost like 10, 15 pounds you like did. over that time. It was crazy. But You were diagnosed with mono at the time yeah. too. And the, the thing is that you had been working so hard in school. It was hard to tell whether you were exhausted from school or getting sick and as much as growing up you might have exaggerated over some you know cuts and bruises here and there you actually have quite a, a decent pain threshold like you've had so many you know with your asthma and stuff you you actually really aren't a whiner you know what i mean so by then you had gotten sick to the point where it was like oh shit you weren't really symptomatic until late or you didn't really show it so i felt i felt really bad about that but i think you forgive me for that oh no i never <laughs> i never i never blamed you i just thought that i had mono and then just made it so easy to go zero to 100 i just remember watching i think i think that it was either that or when i got my wisdom teeth taken out oh god that was awful too but i think i remember watching seinfeld and remember like i started to hate it because i was like on these painkillers and mm-hmm. it just was like in the worst mood, like, and I love Seinfeld. And it was so weird because I was like, just so, had never had something just suck the fun out of something. I just, my mood was awful for so long. And now I don't really see it the same way. I still kind of have a weird, do I like this show? <laughs> so it ruined you for, for life on Seinfeld. Yeah, thanks a lot, Seinfeld. I but- just, I just remembered though, uh, like growing up, um, the con of you being a nurse growing up is that I couldn't, it was. It took a lot of work to try to fake being sick to miss school. 
there was not many things. And I think, if anything, you it was like an A for effort. Okay, fine. You really want to stay that bad, and you're really going to go to these lengths to try to make yourself yeah. seem sick. But there was no really... Well, I don't think I ever... Is, I was more than happy to, to have a hooky day with you, because I, I love hanging out with you. So every once in a while, if I work a lot, you know I would just say, look, you're not going in today. Let's have some fun. But yeah, like, but in the same token, don't try to pull one over on me. Yeah. But um, I think that... I had to, like, think about, like, what doesn't actually show show, show symptoms? <laughs> what can I just describe that will, that will be, you know... That and, I can't really prove. And the other thing, too, is that I... Um, because you... A nurse, growing up, if I had, like something that happened to me or to a friend like i'd ask you and you would like have an answer right away so like kind of an encyclopedia for all this stuff so it always go to you and that helped me into adulthood to avoid googling things because you know because you know right you google like you know sore toe and it's like well you have brain cancer exactly you're gonna die in a week so for sure i've uh never really had to go through that and there's a few times i have i realize why people do it but thankfully I can mostly ask you, and you'll tell me what yeah. what you think. Um, I, I like that you would bring kids home sometimes, and and to to get them patched up a little, and then I'd say, you know, they they need to go home now and know what happened. And you were just so kind; you would take them back, you would walk them back to their house, and <laughs> you'd come back and say, "Yep, yeah, they're home." And it was it was you know it was it, we lived in a great neighborhood too, but it was it was kind of nice as a as a mom and. You know, I loved your friends. Your friends kind of could be crazy kids, but you you had a great set of friends mm-hmm. and still do. But your one particular friend who's allergic to everything in the world and his mom didn't really like him, understandably, to to stay at people's houses because literally he could go on anaphylaxis on, on next to nothing. And it was kind of nice that she let him hang out with you a lot because of that. And I thought that was kind of a neat thing that you developed a special friendship and he was such a great kid that there was that that trust there so so that was that was pretty neat but, yeah nothing um, more I, I guess more comforting to a parent knowing that their kids can go hang out with at somebody's house where the parent is a works in you know but medicine. i remember him coming through the door and i'd be like uh do you have your epi pen nope go home get yeah. it <laughs> yeah and it was like, okay, go all the way back and, and come back. But, you know, they, they respected it too. But I also remember cleaning the hell out of the house, even though I didn't know. I just thought, no, no, it ain't happening under my roof. Yeah. There's no way. <laughs> no, for sure. Um, also, too, I, I know that I was a bit overprotective in some ways that maybe I got you to suck it up on some stuff, but I practically bubble wrapped you. Yeah, no, it was like I said before, if I hurt if I stub my toe, it's like, all right, you're fine. You're not going to die. But if I was going to go do an activity, it was like, okay, you're wearing literally every single piece of protective gear available. <laughs> Any type, well, obviously, because you had seen it. You had seen the yes. monkey bars incident. You had seen the kid that flipped over the bicycle and, you know, whatever. So you had all these things, I guess, going through your head. I did. I did. But I didn't care. I was like, shit, I look like a loser. I know. I know. I look back and you know what? I, I feel kind of bad, but I, you know what? In the same token, I, remember trying I to f- don't. I remember trying to figure out what helmet looks the coolest to wear while rollerblading. 
And I was like good at rollerblading. Like I didn't have to really. I guess you should wear it one, but like all my friends, we would just play road hockey with rollerblades, and I was the only kid that I'm like, well, how can I make the yeah, best? Yeah, but you take it off, and I'd catch you, and I'd be oh, like, yeah. where's your helmet? And be like, Argh. yeah. Oh, yeah. And you know what? Of course, no one ever got hurt. Thank God. But you know what? I couldn't help it. I, I just, you see it come into work all the time, especially when I was working at the pediatric hospital. And you're like, for the by the grace of God, that could be my child. So look at, you might have been uncool, but your friend still loved you. And even if you looked a little geeky. We had to make fun of someone, right? Yeah. Well, <laughs> it go, what goes around comes around. Everybody got made fun of. I, I just want to talk a little bit about how... Because I, I loved what I did so much, and if, and you, you want your child to hopefully walk in, in your shoes and be better than you. So you were such a bright little guy, I, I wanted to start teaching you medical terminology for your body parts when you were younger. And I taught you like nares for your nose and mandible for your jaw and phalanges for your fingers and everything. And, and you would just... <laughs> I kind of made you like a little sideshow freak a bit because I'd be like, uh, "What are those on your on your hands?" And you'd be like, "My phalanges." I wish it, I remembered this. Oh, it would have been so cute. It would have been good to know, just to know. Just like knees, you called them like leg knuckles. You know, it was well, that's just different like, though. I know, you didn't was, teach me the. I know, but BC, that's the thing. On the one hand, you knew the medical terminology, but the other hand, you were just adorable little kid who just called it as he saw it. So. You know, um, that that was really cute. And then when I taught you how to do CPR, again, you were maybe three years old. And I, you know, showed you compressions, see if the person will wake up and, you know, shake their shoulder and, and pretend to do breaths like beside your head. And I'd lie down or get one of my friends to lie down and you'd be like, hey, lady, hey, lady, are you OK? We wouldn't answer. And they'd be like, one, two, three, one, two, three, <laughs> <laughs> you know, hands on the chest and doing the pretend breaths and... Sorry, what were you saying? No, I mean, I, I think I would have liked to learn that a little bit, a little bit older. <laughs> yeah. I would have actually liked to, to know that. Yeah. But it didn't stick with me. I can't... If someone... I'd call you if someone passed out in front of me, but <laughs> I want to know All what to do. All you have to do is just keep compressing the chest. Don't even worry about the breaths. Actually, I shouldn't be giving that information, but just get the blood... Keep the blood flowing. That's the most important thing. But, um... I, I think that the one time that I think it showed me that you had learned, I guess, through osmosis from me, um, was was when we had, an, there was an incident when we were driving um, one time. And I guess, you know, just backing up a bit, even just going camping and stuff, like I taught you first aid and things like if we were to go camping, if you had a cut, you know to wash, to clean, to throw a band-aid on. Like you, you kind of knew some basic ideas of how to take care of yourself that way. But we were driving up uh, a major road in Toronto and we were passing by Sunnybrook, which is one of the biggest hospitals in Toronto. I, I mentioned it in a previous episode. And a flatbed truck had passed us and swung out and clipped a, a cyclist. And this guy was one of those real serious road cyclists on the little skinny wheels and it caught him in the calf and it tore the calf off his leg and I saw it happen and I saw him go down pulled the car up a bit further into a safe parking spot and I remember just saying to you I turned the car off windows down and I said to you buddy just stay in the car you've got you know here's the phone you can see me but please just don't leave the car 
I gotta go do, I gotta go help this guy. And so I made my way over to him, uh, took a shirt off, wrapped up his leg, and the next thing I know is I see you walking with a blanket and a bottle of water and like a little pillow. <laughs> it still, it kind of chokes me up still. But here you are, this little guy, when you're what, eight or nine, and you're just, your heart went out to this guy. You're like, I can get, I can do this for him. And here you are bringing it. And what am I going to say to you? Like, get back in the car. I didn't. And you just sat calmly on the grass beside the sidewalk. And it, it, it was a bit gory. I covered it up mostly, but oh, you were just. Oh, it was gory. Yeah. <laughs> but you were so calm. And. Well, because it was like, I, that's the one thing I do remember. I remember that. And it was so weird. Just because like. So what was going through your head in that time when I, I mean, I told I mean, you to stay I in the car. I can't transport back to like that version of me, but I just remember it happening and I remember you being concerned and it was like, oh, okay. You know, when your parents are concerned, then you're like, oh, something's bad. Something bad's happening. And so I just remember you telling me, yeah, I remember you telling me to stay, but I'm like curious. I don't know if I was like even, <laughs> let's pretend, <laughs> you know. I, I think it was a combination of being worried, but also being really curious about yeah. what was happening. There's this event that brought all of the attention of all these people because soon after, other people who saw it came. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I just remember like, okay, well, I can bring some water and, you know, brought the water over. And um, The thing is, you went right to the man, though. It wasn't like you came to me and handed me the water that's what I found so incredible is that you were, for whatever reason, whether it was curiosity or not, when you're there at that moment, you were just, you were, you were, there was this kindness that came out of you, this calmness, and you, you, you put the water by him, you, you passed, you put the blanket near him, and I, and I was just so incredibly proud of you, but in the same token, I was like, this is a busy road. <laughs> no, I, I do remember you being like caught in between. What are you doing? <laughs> like, yeah. I get back to the car, but also like, all right, we're just, like, I just gotta figure, like, just gotta de- deal with this. So, all right, you're gonna bring water, okay? Well, I think you, I think maybe uh, used one of the water bottles and was like, yeah, yeah. I think did you put a tourniquet on his leg or something? Yeah, I used a shirt to. to yeah, to I remember that. Yeah, because yeah. I remember him being without a shirt. Yeah, I know that was the goriest thing I think I've ever ever seen though. It, but it didn't bother me. It didn't really. It didn't like. Thankfully, I was a little. I think like desensitized or normalized to to that i knew okay that's not what your leg's supposed to look like but i also wasn't like uh, like wanted to run it you know away or something i just remember seeing it and it was like really bad looking because the situation his- was under control too because it, it remained like a calm situation he wasn't screaming yeah I see that would have been different over it. if he was yeah. like screaming he was distressed Oh, he, he was, was in like shock, yeah. in shock. He was like upset, but like dad upset. He was mm-hmm. like trying not to show it. Yeah. And uh, I don't even think I don't I don't think he knew how bad his injury was, which is good because you don't yeah. at that point you want to keep that heart rate down so you know they don't start. It's just crazy to me. You. It also too is like a weird thing to see because I thought, oh, you die if you, if you're biking on like if it wasn't a highway, but it was like a highway. It was like oh, one Bayview of the, is yeah, yeah. It's a busy road, yeah. And Especially by the hospital up there. And I'm, I just was like, "Oh, you're you got hit, you got nudged by a tra- like." I thought he was gonna be dead, <laughs> but then he was like, yeah. fi- "Like fine outside of this leg." But it was. I just remember it being like, "Yeah, it's like you peeled the skin back of this whole like calf." It was yeah, crazy. The whole, it was like 
what was what they called deglobed. It was just uh. leg, bone. That's it. And the, did the driver come back? No, no. The thing that was that was lucky about it is that it happened so fast, and with the metal, it almost was like a really fast burn or it's something. Gonna, it's going to sound like gross, but it was like he was cut with a very sharp knife. Yeah, like it was like whoop, you know. Yeah. So it was almost like it was like a fillet. Sorry if that grosses people out, but it it was a clean cut. So if anything, it probably saved him a lot of problems. Hopefully, he was able to get up and and uh, go back to his cycling days, but. It, it's really kind of cool talking to you about this because you think you have sort of a perspective. You you, you, you you protect your kids. So there's that being a mother, being a mama bear. You know that that's what I'm like. I'm a mama bear when it comes to kids at all. I'm just like, ah! To this day, you know, if I see a kid walking too far ahead of their parent and they look like they might walking towards the road, like I want to tear after them and yeah. be like, get off! <laughs> yeah. But I, I think that... You you're, you are your own person. You are your own kind and caring person. And there are times where I know that you have told me where you've been out and about living your own life as an adult or as a, as a young adult where you've lent a hand to people. Well, I think, yeah, I think maybe what I learned... And I think that's part, just you. Like, you learned, but I think it's just who you are well, as well. Well, no, I think, I think it's because I saw you... Um, almost have like an eye open right you see somebody that's maybe doing something that's like abnormal and like it just was like you know keeping an eye out keeping the making sure everyone's okay and uh i kind of i feel like i kind of got i definitely got that i remember working well, you're at the, a very protective was person working at the movie theater and there was a guy that was just like pacing around and i could tell something was up and i went and talked to him and he was like having like a panic attack he's like this middle-aged man and um yeah i mean i don't know if i you know it's i just wanted to like you know you see someone in distress you like you want to help them and i think that's like for you there was no like i guess barriers like it was like i don't have to be at the hospital i don't have to have my stethoscope like if someone needs help someone needs help and so yeah I know for me, like, I didn't even think about it, you know, how, before I know it, I'm, you know, having a, you know, halfway through a conversation with this guy going to get him, you know, some water and trying to, whatever, but, um. But see, there's, there's that, 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 that kind voice, that, that caring voice where, um, that approach makes all the difference in the world. Mm -hmm. There's someone that with, with no, um, um, no judgment that just went and said, hey, are you Okay. And that goes a long way. You, you know that, right? And so, like I said, I think you uh, learned a lot having a mom as a nurse, that, but you also have your own, your own kindness, your own heart on top of it. So that together, I think, is just, you know, it's, it's, it's such an, an ideal way to be. And I'm just, I'm so proud of you, the, the, the man that you are. And I think there's so many people that have crossed your path that you have helped. And I think it, it, it comes around too, right? I'm the best. You are the best. <laughs> You're my son. That's the takeaway, that I am the nicest person in the world, and I'm basically Jesus. I, I um, well, that, that's kind of how I think about you. <laughs> um, <clears throat> well, the one last, uh, the, I think the most important thing that I learned from you growing up as a, as a kid, um, and, I, I, and I'll never, truly, I will never, I'll never forget um, that snails live in your nose. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> yeah. 
I had a bit of a nose picking habit oh, as, a, God, as a child. That kid doesn't. And uh. it just so happens that you had a friend that was missing a nail. <laughs> so this was like really elaborate. But you basically told me that if I pick my nose, that the snails in my nose would would like attack like bite my finger and like take my would take my nail off and i remember what really sold me on that was i was in the back of the car in the back seat of a car and you weren't in the car and it was one of your friends and they like showed me that they were missing the nail on their finger and that was kim yeah (laughs) and told me i was like oh shit this is serious and i kept tempting it i was like you know i'm too quick for them i guess but i (laughs) You escaped. The I legitimately believed it though for for a little while, and then I then I realized how ludicrous that was. That that sna- why snails? I because it was a dark, moist place like where snail and it's oh, so up. you you put some serious thought yeah, into because it's slimy li- up there, right? So snails, slime. Well, I believed it. Those dark place, yeah. Oh, that's actually funny. I'm glad that's that's good. I was actually successful with something because you're such a smart little creep that you know I could barely pass anything by you. But there was one more. I've got three words for you: black, hairy tongue. Do you uh, remember that? Yeah. <laughs> you were not brushing your teeth for a while, and there is that's probably one of the that was probably a pretty mean thing I did. There was um there's actually a condition called black hairy tongue. I think it's uh, iron deficiency or something like that. And I found a picture of this person with a black hairy tongue. Look it up on the internet if you want to see it. It's pretty pretty gross. And I called Van over to the computer and I said, if you don't brush your teeth, this is what's going to happen. And I, I think he started to cry. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember. that. Honestly, that definitely was impactful, but the snails stuck with me, obviously. <laughs> it's so I funny, remember. that one thing. Because well, I remember it. Oh, man. Well, you know what? It's... I'm glad that I didn't uh, put you through too much trauma, um, you know, growing up. I just, I think, I just, I just want to just maybe end this by, by just saying one thing. I, I think one of the moments that stood out for me the most when it come to the reality of what you do, what can happen in the world, and how lucky that we are and that cliche of you just want to go home and hug your kids and there was that time where I dealt with a really horrible trauma and it was the same night that you had the um, it was the closing show Mm -hmm. for a play and then you're going to have a cast party afterwards and my shift was ending just in time to make it there and enjoy the show and and then drive you wherever and I had to do all this paperwork after, and I, I think I, I got there with maybe there was a half an hour left, and I just I, I just remember sitting there watching your play and crying, and I think that's one of the few times where I'm out in public, sitting, <laughs> and I'm watching you know watching you going, I I am so lucky to have you, I'm so lucky to be a parent, I'm I'm so lucky to see all these healthy kids up there, and just. And then when it was over and everybody's all excited, kind of be like, uh, okay, great, great, yeah. <laughs> great time. And I don't know if you knew or if you didn't know until afterwards. And, you know, I've never really talked about that case and I don't know if I ever will. But um, it was one of those times where it was just like, it was so surreal to me. I think it was the most surreal case that I've ever dealt with where you were, it just feels like the 
the, the line between life and death and, and, and having everything and losing everything and not to be morbid, but it's, it's a thin veil. And just appreciate every moment you've got. Yeah, and I mean, it probably looks even more thin when you see... You you don't see the the mild, minor case. Well, you do. When mm-hmm. people come in for a cough or whatever. But yeah. for the most part, you would see the worst side of it. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Like, a bad day at work for you I would have no idea to what on that scale... Was it kind of bad? Was it really bad? Mm-hmm. But I remember that. I Yeah, no, I, re- I remember that, and it... It's, uh, anyways, so yeah. Um, well, thanks for having me on. Well, this is a, 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 such an amazing Mother's Day gift to be able to do this with you and just spend time with you, but uh, you turned out all right, kid. You're a good guy. You're a beauty. Yeah, bud. Yeah, bud. I don't know what to say. <laughs> anyway, so everybody, I introduced you to the most wonderful kid, man that you could ever imagine. And um, I'm really proud to share this episode with you. And um, that's it. Happy Mother's Day to all you wonderful mothers out there and all you lucky kids that have the wonderful mothers. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Bye. See ya. True crime and it gets none realer Sometimes it'll be the cure that'll kill ya Gotta watch out, yeah, you gotta watch your back Cause you don't wanna be another episode on stat Thank you for tuning in, learn a thing or two These medical mysteries can be unbelievable, yeah Subscribe, make sure you do that so You'll be tuned in and be ready for the next show, stat